Hornet Heaven. Soap. Written by Ollie Wicken, read by Colin Mace. Earth Year, 1996. Part 4. For the next couple of days after Cliff Holton's arrival in Hornet Heaven, George's feelings are all over the place. There's shock because Watford's greatest hero is dead. There's grief because his old friend has lost his life at such a young age. There's happiness because he'll have Cliff's company for the rest of eternity. There's gratitude because he learns that Cliff Holton attended George's funeral along with several more of the 1959-60 promotion side. There's astonishment because he learns that Graham Taylor attended too. But after a while, a numbness starts to set in because Cliff's death makes him realise that he can't entrust his happiness to the individuals who write great scripts for Watford Football Club. The alderman died and now Cliff has died. And inevitably, despite some people's proclamations of his immortality, Graham Taylor will one day pass away. George goes back and visits Arthur in the allotments. It will be helpful, he thinks, to be with someone who's found peace after times of great stress and turmoil. He sees Arthur bedding in forget-me-nots. Hello, mate. Good to see you. How's things? George is so numb that he doesn't really know how to answer the question. Arthur fills in. I find that whatever's wrong, gardening helps. Arthur hands him a trowel. George weighs it in his hand. He kneels down and pushes it into the soft soil. It feels good. The two men start working together on Arthur's plot, side by side on their hands and knees. After a while, George says, One of my scriptwriters died, Arthur. Oh, no. I'm sorry to hear that. It's hard to put your trust in scriptwriters when they can die. Arthur nods. They carry on working in silence for a little. Then Arthur says, I never knew the names of mine. I didn't know them as individuals. I trusted what they wrote. I mean, EastEnders was a good show. I... I enjoyed it, mostly. Not always, but that was okay. It was just telly, man. I could always switch it off. Arthur smiles. After a few moments, he lays down his trowel and goes to sit on the grass at the edge of the plot. George joins him. Maybe that's the answer, then. What is... You could think of Watford as a soap opera written by people you don't know, so you don't depend on individual scriptwriters coming and going, and you could switch off when you're not enjoying it. George considers this, and yes, he thinks, watching Watford is definitely like watching a soap opera. You get brilliant high spots and terrible low moments. The cast of characters chops and changes. It's a saga that's never over, and it's true that it's something you could switch off for a bit and come back to. 
He smiles. Watford Football Club as a soap opera. Just a soap opera. It's an easy idea. And it would allow people like himself and Henry and Freddie to cope with low ebbs in the club's fortunes. He turns back to Arthur to thank him for the idea and sees that Arthur is fading from view. Here, man, what's happening? You're disappearing? Yes, just my luck. Someone must have noticed the mistake and changed the T to an L. George reaches out for Arthur to try and save him, but his hands go through his friend. No, man, don't go. You've been such a help to me. I don't want to lose you. You'll be fine without me. To be fair, I never belonged here. But what about you, man? Will you be all right? Don't worry about me. I'm going back to Walford. And if Lou Beale starts giving me stick again, I'll be straight down my allotment. George raises a hand in farewell. Go well, Arthur, old man. Thank you. Goodbye, George. Thanks for helping me find happiness in only heaven. I hope you can find it as well. George watches the last visible trace of Arthur Fowler vanish. George climbs over the wire fence from the allotments back onto the lower reaches of Occupation Road. He starts to walk up the slope through the half-light and reflects on the last couple of days. First there was Cliff Holton's sad but happy arrival. Now there's been Arthur's sad but happy departure. He could do with a spell of feeling on more of an even keel again. So he decides he'll spend plenty of time in the allotments from now on, carrying on the planting Arthur started. Runner beans, carrots and spring onions have their own gentle narratives across the seasons. Watching them grow will be far less traumatic than watching Wofford. And there's something else Arthur planted that he'll also carry on, he decides, as he emerges into the eternal sunshine. He'll put into practice Arthur's idea of thinking of Watford as a soap opera by following the horns the way he followed EastEnders down on Earth. It never mattered who wrote the scripts. The trick was to enjoy all the twists and turns, and highs and lows, safe in the knowledge that there was no end point by which everything had to turn out well. George smiles. He feels good. Thanks to Arthur Fowler, he feels he's finally got a way of coping with the stress of Watford's relegation. He decides to tell Henry and Freddie and Cliff about it, to see if it can help them too. And who knows how the script will go at Vicarage Road. Maybe they'll only have to wait a season or two for the soap opera of Watford to hit the same heights as in the 1980s. If Elton John is recast as club chairman and Graham Taylor's story arc is that he becomes first team manager again, the drama will become totally compelling again. George strides up the slope, ready for all future instalments. You horns! The End Soap was written and produced by Ollie Wickham. It was read by Colin Mace. For more information on the Hornet Heaven stories, please visit 
hornetheaven.com. Thank you for listening.